Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome here to the Quickie Podcast with your host, Dave Hopkins. This is episode 182, and I'm so glad you're here. Before I introduce today's guest, I got a sweet, sweet review left on Apple Podcasts that I wanted to read out, a little listener shout out. The subject of this review is great resource for designers at any point in their career. Five star. This review was left by Mina Khalili. Thank you so much, Mina, for leaving a review. She says, don't get me wrong. I love taking the time to listen to longer podcasts too, but the brief format of the quickie is pretty refreshing. The convos are real, a bit quirky, and authentic to the creative being interviewed. Love this new resource. 10 out of 10. Do recommend. Mina, you're such a sweetheart. Thank you so much for leaving a review and rating for the show. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate you listening and your feedback there. That's awesome. So today's guest. Today's guest is Andrea Van Der Rie. She is the co-founder of a brand studio out of Vancouver, BC called OK Dave. Now, I don't need to tell you why I love this name, but I will anyways. Um, I mean, my name's Dave, that's obvious, but it's just so random and quirky and that I love. I'm all about the random and quirky, the odd sense of humor. That is me, this guy right here. Thumbs are pointing at me. You can't see it, but they are. Can you hear it? Anyways, Andrea Vanderee. During this episode, we talk about the OK Dave startup story, uh, her background and how they came up with the name and where that all came from. She tells us how she came to Canada 10 years ago from Venezuela. We also talk about some of the differences in design that she has noticed between Venezuela and the Canadian design scene. She tells us about the designer whose work she absolutely loves and why. We talk about what it's like to experience your designs in print. We also talk about the challenges that she faced of moving to Canada and what she did to really stand out to get that first local design opportunity. And right near the end, we talk about the differences between that in-house agency designer and the now new role for her business owner and what she's learning and having to go through and the crazy differences between that. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to this one. My guest, Andrea Vanderee from OK Dave. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Andrea. How are you today? Hi, good. And you, Dave? I'm doing great, thank you. Are you ready for a quickie this morning? I am ready. Perfect. Well, I'm going to start with the hardest question first. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Um, hello, listeners. I'm Andrea Vanderri. I'm, um, I'm a brand and graphic designer, co-founder and design director of brand studio named OK Dave. Um, <laughs> I'm originally from Venezuela and currently living in Vancouver, Canada. Perfect. A little bit different uh, weather pattern, I think. 
Oh, totally. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay, Dave, is that a fairly new business? Is that, has it been around for a while? What's the story on that? No, it's actually new. Uh, we just launched October, November last year. So we have been running only for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner, business partner name is Will Co. Uh, we work together um, in an agency and one night working late, we were like, oh, what are we doing with our lives? Um, <laughs> <laughs> being here all the time. I wish I could do something on my own. And then I'm like, yeah, me too. That's kind of been a dream of mine since like early stages in graphic design. Mm-hmm. And then we were just talking and decided to team up. We know that we work well together and then we have a lot of fun. So yeah, we went ahead and did it. Okay, so how did this how did this escalate? Like what's the timeline on this? Did you talk about it and then a week later you had okay Dave and putting your notice and ready to go? No, no, no. <laughs> it took uh, I would say around a year okay. of planning. Um, I was on maternity leave, mm-hmm. so that gave us a lot of time to plan ahead and set up the business. So mm-hmm. I think that worked well for me. Um, and then make sure that, you know, we'll save a lot of money <laughs> in the meantime. So, you know, you every time you're starting a business, you need to you have a little bit of runway, right? Exactly. Um, this is the first time where we're going to be business owners. So very experienced designers, um, but no business owners before. So mm-hmm. it's a completely new thing. Uh, and just we wanted to be armed with everything in our power to make ourselves successful. A hundred percent. No, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get a little bit more background on your side. Before starting OK Dave, what were you doing? What was your roles? How did how did that progress? Yeah, okay. Um fast forward no, sorry. Uh back forward ten years ago, mm-hmm. I moved to Canada. Okay. So I did my undergrad in my um home uh city. Maracaibo in Venezuela, and then uh, I was working there as a graphic designer, a brand designer. Things were complicating in the country, and then one of the things that I wanted to do was uh, to go and do a master's degree mm-hmm. in graphic design, like continuing my studies, and then kind of became an opportunity. I have family in Calgary, so I went and did my master's in Edmonton in the University of Alberta and yeah, move here, finish the study, start working as a graphic designer in an agency, but also was teaching at the University of Alberta. Oh, so cool. that was really, that was really interesting. Um, and I was there for like around five years and a half and then decided to move to Vancouver with my partner and try to find a better weather. <laughs> <laughs> Try and get away from the snow a little bit, right? Yes, exactly. For so for the people who doesn't know, uh, Edmonton could be around minus forty, minus thirty in the winter time. <laughs> yep. Um, in comparison with my hometown, that is thirty degrees plus the entire year <laughs> round. Yes. So, um, I was happy with making a move to a warmer place for sure. Somewhere in the middle, right? Exactly. <laughs> Split the difference. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. And so when you came and started work at the agency locally in Vancouver, did you, have you, were you there um, for a long time? Did you move around to different studios or what were you? 
No, I was working at uh, Edelman for th- around three years. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my first job as soon as I moved to Vancouver, and I quite liked it. It was a lot of, uh, we were working with a lot of corporate clients, really mm-hmm. big clients, so that was really interesting being exposed to uh, working with major brands. A lot of the projects that I was working in, so even though we're working with like, you know, different times, uh, sometimes had to be up at 6 a.m. in the morning just to kind of make a phone call or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it was really fulfilling, uh, met wonderful people, brilliant people. I think that was the most rewarding portion of, the, of that job. Definitely. Okay, I want to ask now about your childhood. I want to dive back further and I want to know if you feel that you had a creative childhood that really pointed you in this career path. I think, yes. I think I was, um, you know, as every kid, like you like, you know, drawing when you're a kid or anything like that. Um, But I remember specifically going to my grandparents' house. Mm -hmm. They had a really big house with a big backyard. And I remember my brother always going out and playing with the dog and, you know, wanted to do things outside. And I was kind of in the porch, just kind of like laying on the ground and coloring by myself. Um, So I think that my parents saw the skills that I had and then they put me in art classes and things like that. So I continued to explore that that, uh, space. I think another thing that I noticed was that my parents had a really unique modern taste to design and and they everything in our house was really picked uh with a specific eye very clean um so i think i was start noticing when i came to my friends houses or my family houses uh that their design was not the same (laughs) um and then of that big contrast so i started getting a keen eye and all that um, on the design portion. And then um, one time, I guess I was in high school and started to figure it out. Like, I think maybe I'm going to go down architecture. Mm -hmm. It seems like a good route to me. Um, And then my mom told me about graphic design. And then it was a new career in our university. I think it only had been running for like five years or something like that. Mm, Okay. Yeah, so it was very new. So was looking into it and I'm like, yeah, that sounds something that I could do. Um, I would love doing that. And then did a bunch of applications, went through a couple of tests and then got in. So nice. luckily I was able to start uh, in, in my career. So as a, as a child, really, your parents noticed your, I guess you would call it like artistic tendencies and actually encouraged and even put you into art and fine art related schools. Yes, definitely. Oh, I think awesome. one one time I remember my mom taking me to one of the art studios of uh, to the studio of an artist. Okay. Um, they commissioned a piece for our home, and then they were gonna go pick it up. And my mom said, "Like, hey, would you like to come?" And I bet I was like around ten years old or something okay. like that. I was very young, but I still have a vivid memory of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went there, and I remember the artist still drying the painting with a hair dryer. 
<laughs> just to make sure that it was like right finished for us. Yeah. Um, and his studio was crazy. It was uh, it was lovely, all full of color and paint everywhere, messy, but at the same time, it had so much character. I was just fascinated by it. Very cool. So then, from that point on, you pursued um, art. Uh, did you pursue art and graphic design, or did you pursue architecture first? No. Only, only graphic design. Only graphic design. Yes. Perfect. Um, so I want to ask you then about the similarities um, and differences between the design scene in Venezuela, where you're from, and the design scene in Canada. What, what have you observed as the similarities and the differences between the two? Uh, interesting question. Um, I think one of the things I notice a lot is the difference between color Color is such an important thing in in Latin America per se, not only Venezuela. Like we are very stimulated by vibrant colors as mm-hmm. part of the culture. Um, so I always remember working with color a lot. Everything had to be really punchy. No one was subtle about anybody anything. Um, and that's just part of the culture. Like people are used to seeing colorful things around them. And I think it comes from like, you know, the environment, not having um, different weather uh, stations only you only had summer rainy season or not rainy season mm-hmm. um, so there's lush in around you all the time um, and so that was a big big thing that I noticed mm-hmm. how everything here works around the weather stations and then you are kind of adapting. Even people are adapting in color. Like, you know, when you're, it's winter, you're dressed with less colorful colors. But when it's the summer, yes, you can use something that is really vibrant. Interesting. Um, so that was not something that was part of the, the design scene. Mm-hmm. Like, you're kind of always using these punchy colors. Um, so that was a, one of the main things that I noticed. Um, and I guess imagery as well. Um, I guess a lot of the, in North America, a lot of the ads are trying to be really inclusive. So they're trying to show, uh, different people, Mm -hmm. um, in Latin America, everybody's very mixed. Um, so you don't see that many differences of people that we're using in the ads. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I noticed as well. Interesting. So different creative angles for that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, Andrea, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw at some point in your career and has just stuck with you? Something that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Um, I think... Mm, I think the the main things that I really enjoy when I was, you know, what, when I was growing up was uh, theater posters. Mm, yep. Um, they were just so the imagery was just so unique, and then they were really interesting. Um, I really like how the use of typography, the use of composition, clear space. Uh, so I was very drawn into those. Um, and when I was a kid, I was taking modern classes 
in this theater that it was right beside a museum. Mm -hmm. So every time that I would come into a class, I will see like the exhibition poster for any of the presentations they were doing at the theater or at the museum. So I was constantly seeing a change um, of those. So I remember always like running maybe a little bit late because I was catching on. I was like, <laughs> oh, what's happening this month? Yeah. Um, and that was really interesting. Theater posters, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. Back in when I was running printing presses, I actually printed a number of theater posters. And I remember looking forward to those projects every single time because they were such unique designs. Um, and most of the ones that I produced were usually only one or two colors, but what they were able to achieve with just that, um, I mm -hmm. always found incredible. Yes, fascinating. So, Andrea, who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to now and closely follow now? And what is it about them that you like? I look, I look a lot at Pentagram, mm -hmm. um, big, agent, big brand and agency, um, and specifically the work of Paula Cher. Mm -hmm. I think she has been sort of like a role model to me. I mean, I don't know her. I just know of her work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's really the work that she has done with uh, building really iconic brands. It's mm -hmm. really interesting. And as well as, you know, she's been a female industry leader uh, in a very male competitive uh, space. Um, and, and the also thing that I like is just that she has her art projects on the side, and mm -hmm. she's also a design instructor and teacher. Um, so kind of going back when I was in, in Edmonton at University of Alberta teaching there, I just kind of see a little bit of reflection on that and then how you need to have all the design fundamentals um, there um, because you're, you're talking about those, you're teaching the students about those. So they just kind of make you aware of what are the basic things that we learn when we were going to the school mm -hmm. and then applying those into the real world, into the projects that we're doing. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And then as well as like the fresh pr perspective that the students have. Mm -hmm. And I bet like, I bet she draws from that. I bet like every time like she's interacted with a student and they come up with this very interesting, weird ideas that are coming from a different generation and mm -hmm. someone with a different background. I bet that's really inspiring for her. For sure. I can see that as being inspiring and almost invigorating to the creative spirit where you just, I mean, or you're constantly being brought and showing new things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being critical about it and then making sure that the, the students are the 10, uh, what are the good things? What are the things that can improve? And just mm -hmm. being critical constantly about uh, pieces of work that just makes you being critical about the work that you're doing as well. Interesting. I never thought of it from, from that side of things, you know, constantly being inspired by the, the younger work that you're maybe critiquing isn't the right word, but reviewing and, and providing feedback on. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Andrea, I want to ask a little bit about print and packaging design and hear how you have utilized print and packaging in your design career. Any stories or specific projects that stand out to you? Um, maybe not projects, mm -hmm. per se, 
But uh, I have to tell you that every time I see a book, grab a book, the first thing I do is actually smell it. <laughs> yes. Because I love oh, the gosh, smell I'm of ink. not the ink. only one. Yes. <laughs> My wife thinks I'm crazy because when we get a bunch of direct mail and it's put down on the counter, the first thing I'll do is pick it up and... You, know, you just you just kind of smell it a little bit, and I can tell yeah. I can tell things about it just from I the smell. I know. Right? Yes, yes. That little sniff, you just have to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my quirky thing for sure. I always smell any book that I pick up. Um, so I've I've done a lot of uh, book design, mm-hmm. um, annual reports, uh, brochures, anything like that. But I think the thing that I like the most is that first uh, print test mm-hmm. that arrives to the office, and I'm just excited to see it because it's the pr- first time that I'm going to be seeing my the piece of work that I've designed in real scale with the real colors. Um, and the way that someone else is going to experience it. So I, I do like that. I think that's the most fun part of it. Um, just seeing it for the first time of like, you know, how someone else is going to experience the same piece. Mm -hmm. Um, that tactile, as I said, like sensorial, um, feelings, um, from from the piece, I think that's really powerful. So that's that experience of going from a on-screen design to something now finally tangible in your hand with the smells, with the feelings, and with everything else that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible thing for you then. Yes, it is. I. It's not the same. I think that, I don't know, it's because of my background or because I really like, um, I really like print. Um, and, you know, tangible things, mm-hmm. um, because in, well, or at least where I come from or in South America, we are very touchy, yep. like we kiss and hug and, you know, that's something that it's missing in this part of the world for me mm-hmm. because I get not to say hello to everybody with a kiss and a hug all the time, every, every time I see them. So I'm always looking for other experiences where I have a tactile um, experience. Mm-hmm. So I guess like print has become a little bit of that, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy it. And then so every time that you create something and then you see it as a product and the same way that you experience it, experience it someone else is going to experience mm-hmm. it. It's not the same. Like if I send you a PDF you might look at it at 100% scale or you're going to might look at it at 300% scale. I don't know how you're going to interact with it, but there's something, there's an object that is right in front of you. Everybody's going to experience it in a similar way. So I think that's really powerful. And that's the thing. It's a different experience. It's a different interaction versus you know, a PDF versus something in print. Mm-hmm. And totally. one, is, one is longer lasting and the other one blends into the millions of digital images that we see every single day. Exactly. Like it. Maybe not as memorable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Andrea, I have to get through the next couple of questions, and they're about the challenging times, the lessons you've learned. So I'm sorry, but I got to pull you through those memories. But we will end in a happy place, I promise. Okay. Um, So what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging, and how did you get through it? I think that the most challenging part was uh, when I moved to Canada, right Mm -hmm. after I finished my master's degree. 
I came with, you know, a purpose. I was gonna do my studies, and after that, I was gonna see if I wanted to stay in Canada or go back to my country. Mm-hmm. Um, so right after I finished, I was already. Uh, I was already teaching at the university, and that's something that's you know I did for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went to find a job, and then breaking through the job and breaking through the market—it's something that is hard for an immigrant. Interesting. Um, so I think that was the most challenging part because you don't have a lot of connections, you don't have people that can reference. Even though if you're applying for a job, you need to find someone that you have you know, a friend or, or maybe one of my professors were my references, right? Because yep. I had no working experience besides teaching at the university here mm-hmm. in Canada. Um, and as, and I feel like every immigrant goes through that. And then as soon as someone gives you that first opportunity, that first job and believes in you, that's something that is so powerful mm-hmm. and that from there you just take off. Um, and I think that was the most challenging part. It was like, okay, how do you, like, you know, how's the the best way to apply to a job? Mm-hmm. How should I present myself? Uh, what are the people looking um, when they're trying to, you know, hire someone and trying to adapt yourself to a different culture as well? So what do you think helped you stand out to get that first opportunity? You know what? I found that first opportunity as a contract because I went my way and start emailing Creative directors around the city. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an uh, interview for a specific job. I just looked at the agencies that I liked in the city, and then I thought of like, oh, they're doing really neat work. Uh, I might just contact them directly because I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I came about with that job. To get that, that first person saw my my portfolio. They needed someone to come in to freelance for a specific project. Mm-hmm. I was working in contract with them and then that became a full-time job. Perfect. Yeah, great thing. You know, where you, you, you nailed it on the head. You have nothing to lose. Like, mm-hmm. what's the worst they could say is no. And then you ask the next person. Exactly. You keep, finding, yeah. you keep asking and you keep looking for it until somebody says yes to give you yeah, the opportunity. Just, yeah. Create those opportunities for yourself. Definitely. So Andrea, I want to get a little bit more specific. Um, can you take us to a design or a project that you were a part of, a specific one that didn't go well or bring the desired result? What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yes. Um, it's, it's not an icky story. Um, I think it, I remember we were working on the redesign on this website. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like the branding of the project. We were working with this community that had, uh, it, was at the, it was being developed in the city, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't portray that logo and that brand, didn't portray for what the brand actually stands for. Interesting. Um, so I asked my career director at that time, hey, can I actually present a redesign of the brand to the, pro- to the client? Just because I have the time to do it right now. And it's because I also feel that this not doesn't go along with what the brand stands for. Yeah. And I think at the end it will make it will make it, you know, better. Um, it will improve our web design as well. He's like, yeah, for sure, do it. Um, so he gave me the opportunity and I presented to the client and then the client really understood what I was coming from. 
and he like I know why you make those changes I, I that all makes sense to me because you have done your research um, but unfortunately we cannot go with it because there's many stakeholders involved and then we cannot make that decision anymore um, working through the bureaucracy sometimes when you're working with um, that was a public instance but probably with private as well is that when many people have uh, a say on what the brand should look like mm -hmm. then sometimes you're kind of losing a little bit of like what issues stand for um, and even though was a good opportunity for me to present to the client to get practice uh, to really show my skills to the, the to our team um, at the end it didn't come to anything because at the end they continue using whatever the old brand was mm -hmm. and we made it work it was just a little bit disappointing because you mm -hmm. put so much effort and thinking behind something um, that didn't come to an end you know it's that classic problem when you have too many chefs in the kitchen I believe the saying is Yes, and I think that's why one of the reasons that I started OK Dave as well, because mm -hmm. I really want to be in front of the decision makers. Um, when working with the agency, there's so many levels of bureaucracy mm -hmm. that you don't have that final say or you're not talking to the person who has a final say. And that's something I really wanted to be in front with, like, mm -hmm. you know, do the selling of the design and make sure that all my reasonings and all my design choices are being presented to the client so they understand where, where all those decisions are coming from. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I have the story to go along with those decisions. Exactly. Perfect. What is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? <laughs> all the admin duties for a K-Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to take this much. Um, it's probably like a, at least an hour, a couple hours a day that you have to do all the administration stuff uh, for the company. Um, you know, when you're just working as a designer in an agency, that's the main thing that you're only focusing on. All mm -hmm. your efforts just go to this one thing, you know, problem solving, creating the design, dealing with clients and dealing with internal people. Yep. Now that you're a business owner, oh, you have to take care of everything. So talking to lawyers, talking to accountants, <laughs> yes. making sure that your like Excel sheet with all the expenses are it's on it's on track, uh, invoicing, oh so many things. But at the same time, it's really rewarding because I'm learning tons and I'm being exposed to things that I've never been exposed before. Mm -hmm. um, so the learning curve has been really high, like really big. So it's a struggle, but I'm still enjoying it. Definitely. And, you know, even developing the contracts and developing your terms and, you know, creating all of that. It's, it's, it's creative and it's creating, but it's completely different than design and that type of thinking, right? Yes, totally. Okay, Andrea, we'll turn it around here. I want you now to tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing. I don't know if I can pick one. I could say that I have a, several wins under my belt. Mm -hmm. um, and I think those bring more joy than in a specific project. Mm -hmm. Because it's when you're dealing with a client and they are 
really happy about the work that you have done. I think that's has stuck with me more than just one piece of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, understanding your client's business and their demands and just, you know, problem solving, whatever needs to be done, just to know that their business or whatever they do, it's going to get better because of the work that you're doing. I think is that's very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick a project, it would be one that we did for a nonprofit organization uh, called Kids Cottage. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that we did was uh, we worked in the rebrand and a campaign and a couple uh, um, radio spots for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we presented to the client, I remember being in the boardroom and then they were looking at the looking at the designs that they really liked, the copywriting they loved. Um, the radio spots, they were basically crying in front of us. I think we were all crying. They were very emotive. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they were so happy and so thankful to us for the work that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just felt my heart with joy. Yeah. Um, because at the end, it wasn't a piece that was going to sell you a product. But at the end, it was about helping, a cert- helping certain people and helping a community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, re- I really enjoy that. What a great experience that would be. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrea, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. So that's where I have a question for you for my last guests and okay. you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. All right. So my last guests <clears throat> were Ben and Cynthia from chalk and brush out of, um, out of Florida. All right. Very talented muralists and artists and letterers. And they wanted to ask you. And I've asked a little bit about it, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you got another story to share here. Okay. They want to hear about a juicy client nightmare story. (laughs) (laughs) What happened with it and how you worked through it. Oh (laughs) jeez. <laughs> okay, we were working on this brand. Oh man, was, you just got that one like ready on the hip. <laughs> oh well, it's just still a little bit vivid, even though it happened, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, we were working on the rebrand of this company, mm-hmm. and then um, they didn't tell us that they wanted to do a copyright check. Okay. Uh, That wasn't something that it was part of the terms of the contract. Mm -hmm. Um, So we went and presented to the boardroom. In the boardroom, we presented to the board of directors, sorry. Um, And they were really happy. They picked a direction. And then they told us, like, okay, we want to do copywriting on it. And we're like, okay. So we went and looked through the Canadian website where you go and check for um, all the trademarking and stuff like that, and we found something, meaning that we couldn't use that brand anymore. Uh, We couldn't use that logo and how it was looking because it was very similar to something that was already being created. mm -hmm. Um, So everybody was panicking. Why did we do something like that? The board of directors already decided they wanted to go with that design, but that that wasn't part of the scope at that time. Yep. So we had to go back and change it all. Um, we had to present new options. In the meantime, the, 
the CEO of the company left and there was someone else who was going to be appointed. Mm-hmm. At the end, they didn't want to do the rebrand. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare. It ended up that we did a simple refresh um, and just uplift all their visual identity in mm-hmm. a stage that they really wanted and they were happy with. Uh, and we made sure everything was good on, you know, good in terms of copywriting and trademarking. Mm-hmm. So we weren't overstepping or anything. Uh, so something that started as, you know, sort of an exciting full rebrand where you get the board, you know, re- the board loves it. They pick a direction. You get shut down because the customer didn't do a copyright check for the li- for the name that they wanted to go with. No, it wasn't the name. It was actually it was actually our fault. It was the design. Oh, got it. Yes. So not so a, that's something. So that you, was a it was a good learning experience because yeah, you have to you know we usually do Google checks like you go and drop the logo on images and then see if something comes up that is similar and stuff like that. But there's so many things that have been created, like almost Mm -hmm. has been, everything has been created. You're Mm -hmm. always going to find something that is similar or almost identical to the thing that you have done. Mm -hmm. So when we did the search, we didn't find anything until someone else in the office came by and being like, hey, that reminds me of this. And we're like, what is that? We went and looked it up, and we're like, oh, no, oh, so no. similar. Yeah. So. Oh, shoot. So you guys wore the blame even a little bit more going back to the board rather than, you know, somebody there who said or, you know, who pushed it along and didn't do the check. It was on exactly. your side. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Yes. And at the end, <clears throat> you know, we came forward with a client and we said, yep. you know what, this is what's happening we need to accommodate you and make sure that mm-hmm. um, you guys are happy with the work that we're doing, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate at that time, the CEO who picked that brand already was leaving. So, and then someone, uh, someone else was covering that for him and that become a little bit. Um, bumps in the road, but we made it work. Mm-hmm. So you just got, a little bit complicated, a little bit bumpy in the road, but you made it all come together. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrea, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest for you? Alrighty. Um, this is something more funny than something that in-depth. I like um, that. Um, but I wanted to end up in a happy note. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to ask the next guest, how do you hang your toilet paper rolls? Oh, over okay. or under? How do you hang them, Andrea? Over, of course. That's the only way. But my my partner yeah. doesn't do that. And he drives me insane, so I have to go and change them every time. <laughs> <laughs> See, my kids do the classic. Um, oh, it's empty. Let's just use this new one here and leave it on the counter. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right, Andrea. Not funny. No, you have reached the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for your time and being on the show today. Thank you so much, Dave. All right, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. It's fantastic. Two thumbs up. If you dig what you're hearing on the Quickie Podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. If it's sweet, 
make it uh, make it funny, make it unique, make it stand out. And I might just read it on the show. Be kind, be respectful, but be funny. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. Have a good weekend. See you Monday.